0: You knew you were going to do a restart, and what kind of, rather than doing a traditional right right proclama- yeah. proclamation style right. launch, why how did you choose the dinner church mo- model? Right,
1: you know when originally, since we were going to launch this new congregation in a, in an established building. That, that proclamation style, as you said, was what was kind of what I had in mind. And it's funny, as church planters, you know, I think that we like to think that, oh, I'm very open to lots of possibilities. But it's funny, and we talked a little bit about this, how uh, you can kind of get comfortable with what you know. And so, um, again, when I, when I accepted the call to do it, you know, I just was praying and talking with a lot of people and thinking about, you know, who God was calling us to be. And it's interesting, this road that we're on actually has quite a few churches. And they're all more traditional looking, if that's how you want to describe them. Um, But the more that I got to know the city and um, the more that I was really thinking about it, you know, especially considering what's going on in our world today and and just the division that you can feel, you know, I I popped up that one morning and I was like,
0: what if we did dinner at church? We really need to tell better stories instead of complaining about it, right? What if we just start telling the stories and really flood the airwaves with something different? Pretty much, yeah. I'm becoming a Zoom expert. Right. (laughs) I think I'm going to take their Zoomtopia. Do you know that's like a thing? They have like a Zoom conference. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure it's on Zoom, but... (laughs) Because I heard you're doing a dinner church also. Yeah, we are. Oh, that's so exciting. Now, where are you serving right now?
1: Uh, we're in Annapolis, Maryland. I always say that Annapolis feels like a snow globe. So <laughs> in a good way, in a good way for the most part. So it's yeah. a nice place to live. Yeah. Uh, Is urban? Pretty urban? Yeah, definitely a mixture. I'd say it has a strong urban and uh, suburban feel. So it's, it's an even mixture okay
0: yeah that sounds like we're kind of where we're at yeah Uh, so we're we're pretty urban but you know there's some little pockets in there you know yeah right yeah where are you located uh well my congregation's in livonia uh, and i live in redford but we're like right outside of the city of detroit oh okay we're like three miles outside of the city limits okay so we're still pretty urban yeah but like we have trees in our freeway, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, right. Yeah, that sounds a lot like where we are. Yeah.
0: Urban. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. they did that. But. Right, right. Uh, so how did you end up doing, so how did you end up where you're at now? The dinner church and, because uh, it's pretty, is it pretty fresh? Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. So originally, what happened was that the original uh, First Church of the Nazarene here in Annapolis, it was founded in the 1930s um, and the current congregation, if you want to call it that, of that original uh, church was declared inactive a few years ago. So I was approached um, I was approached last year, late spring, by my DS. Um, they know that I have a call to plant. I was on staff at a church that I helped to plant almost four years ago. Um, and they said, hey, you know, we've been praying about it and we were wondering if you'd be interested in, you know, planting this. So it's kind of, if you want to be really technical, it's really a restart of that original congregation. Right. Um, but for all intents and purposes, it's a church plant. There was no carryover from that, the remnants of that congregation. So it was a completely brand new thing. I, you know, I, I went to seminary. I, I had heard about dinner churches. I'd read some books on them. Um, you know, I was like, oh, that's a cool idea, but it was never anything that I, I never said I'm going to do a dinner church. Right. So as I was praying and just trying to discern, you know, okay, God, what are you doing in Annapolis? You know, who are you calling us to be right now? I, I always say this at church, who and how is God calling us to be right now? And it was really funny. It sounds so, 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 so super spiritual, but I, I literally sat up in bed one day. Like that's how I woke up. I sat straight up and I said what if we just do a dinner church? So yeah, that we kind of went from there. Um, We had already met a few times before COVID happened. So we went into isolation like everybody else. And we ended up, um, we live in a parsonage directly behind the church building, and it's quite large. So we spent the first few months of isolation renovating the bottom floor of the parsonage. And so we're basically a house church, dinner church, church plant.
0: That's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been neat though. It's been neat to see how God is working in all this, even during a pandemic. Uh, it kind of blows my mind.
0: Yeah. Cause you're, cause you're Maryland, you're up in Maryland. So you're, you got about the same kind of winter winter as that we have here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Long,
1: long, humid, miserable summers and, <laughs> and then a harsh winter. Yeah. yeah, not yeah. not quite as intense as Michigan, though. I know people from Michigan, and <laughs> I don't dare complain.
0: we' I'm I'm in the southern part, so but but you know the lakes doesn't matter. Really, I mean, yeah. once you get a little further north, yeah, we're hoping for really warm. Yes,
1: <laughs> right, yeah, especially in the time of COVID, like every day where we can be outside where it's moderate, we're like, right. yes, this
0: is a win. I know, so, yeah, yeah. So what you've been doing? So you've been doing this for a few months, so you do it every week, right?
1: Yes, we do. Yeah, we've been, we've been back at it. uh, June is when we started gathering
0: again. And so before that, were you doing, you weren't doing any kind of
1: gathering? We were meeting every other week. And then Easter Sunday was supposed to be our public launch when we would move to meeting every week. So as the rest of the world did, we, uh, that got scrapped. But yeah, in June, we started meeting. We took two weeks uh, when we were in isolation, and then I started streaming our our services a message every week, um, you know, just before Easter. So it's funny, like the timeline, the last church plant, my husband got me a necklace with the date of our launch inscribed on it. And it was funny. He wanted to do the same thing for this church, but he had no idea what to put on there. So he just put spring 2020. So, but yeah, June, we've been meeting in person every week.
0: So you helped. You were part of a core team that launched another church, and you like. What was your role on that team?
1: My husband and I joined, or our family joined the uh, the launch team for that church plant almost right away after it was announced. So we were that church was planted by um, a church that has planted four or five churches altogether over the last fifteen years. Um, so the lead pastor at the time definitely had a vision for church planting. And so we were one in a, in a string of them. Um, so pretty early on after it was announced, we joined that process. And I was, I was like six months out from being district licensed. I was serving in a lot of lay leadership uh, capacities, you know, at our our sending church. And shortly before we launched the church, the planting pastor said, so, hey, um, I was thinking maybe you could serve as our executive pastor. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) So I like to say that I got slingshot into pastoral ministry. Like it was was a lot and it was very fast, Uh, but I loved it. I loved it immediately. Um, So it was funny. We launched in the spring on an Easter Sunday, and then I started seminary that fall. And just the combination of being in this new context— starting seminary it became very clear to me like I love church planting like this is yeah. this is how God has wired me and I'm sure that resonates with you
0: yeah and so you yeah, yeah. were executive now how long were you on staff there before you planted the dinner church
1: so uh, we were officially sent out um there were three families that left from our sending congregation uh with us and we were officially sent out the first week of January this year okay Yeah. So the church plant um, was announced at the end of last summer. And then the first week in January, we transitioned out and focused solely on, on this dinner church.
0: Yeah. And then, and you were on staff, how long there? Three years, four years?
1: A little over three and a half. Okay. Yeah. And it is, it's kind of funny Joanne because um, we had started the year before that we only did it once, but we did breakfast church. So we Mm -hmm. were like, this would be fun if we, you know, kind of did something different and we had breakfast. So it was kind of funny. I can point at that and say, you know, that was really my first taste of doing it in a congregational setting. And I like to share that with our sending church. You know, we started it out first doing it with you.
0: Right. That's so fun. Yeah. We have planned to do breakfast church this year on the first, because the day after we do, because we're right in a neighborhood too. Yes. So we do a big thing on Halloween. Like we just We just get, we just enter into what the community is already doing. So, right. We're one of the, we're one of the stops. We're a warming station, coffee and donuts. Um, and so our plan was, well, then the next day we'll just have breakfast church because we're all going to be exhausted anyway. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) And so, but I don't, we're not going to be able to do that this year because Michigan's still pretty. Our numbers are pretty high, so doing a breakfast church inside is going to be tricky. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, it's kind of funny.
1: People will ask us if we're strictly dinner church, and that's what we're doing right now. But I, I really believe in the power you know, of coming around the table with people. But I'm very, we're, and my whole team is is very flexible about what that looks like. So it could be breakfast church. It could be coffee church. I don't know. But the table is fixed yeah. <laughs> as part of what we do. Are you gathering outside? Is that how you're doing it? And you're doing like what, Sunday night? Sunday evenings, yeah. The uh, our gathering starts at four fifteen, and yeah, as long as it 's not too hot <laughs> or too cold, yeah, we meet outside so that that's been an interesting endeavor as well you know i've preached through sermons where everyone was just itching themselves from mosquito bites um, you know i've also watched two year olds just coat themselves in bug spray the next week, <laughs> so a lot of trial by error but um but the yard here at this at this house is quite large and uh, it's it's fun, you know. It's it's informal. It's relaxed. It's a family atmosphere, which is exactly what we want people to feel while they're here.
0: Yeah. So you're doing it every week, and yeah. how do you do your like? What does that look like? How do you set up your yeah. teams? That kind of stuff.
1: Right, right. So we we've been experimental with that too. And again, I I can't praise my team or um, just express my gratitude for my team because God, I really feel like God brought exactly who I needed. Uh, to be alongside me. They've been very flexible. They're very open, which you know, you know, is really necessary in a a church plant setting. And so we kind of toyed with it. You know, we used to have the meal at the very beginning and, you know, we kind of sandwiched it in the middle. But for us, it's worked out. We've been doing it consistently for several months with the dinner at the close. So yeah, we always open up. Our call to worship is almost always a reading from scripture and we follow along with the lectionary. Um, right now we're uh, exploring different spiritual disciplines as a congregation so for example this month we have a call to worship with the reading of scripture and then we do a prayer of the people part together so that's been fun just kind of hearing the popcorn prayers coming up from the congregation we move into the message we just started one of my core team um, is a really gifted educator uh, she's just, she's so, so smart, so creative. So she started something called Picnic Time. So we have, God has brought a ton of kids. We are outnumbered at least three to one right now of That's kids.
0: Awesome.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's wonderful. So we're, we're having fun meeting all these kids and connecting with their families. But um, so she started this picnic time. So during the message, the kids go to a corner of the yard and it's so cute. She's got, it's literally a picnic. She sets up picnic blankets and it's, she's just done a beautiful job with it. So the kids have their own time during the message. Um, and then when it's time for the communion, everyone comes back together and we move through the communion liturgy and, and that's how we always close before moving to, um, to our fellowship over a meal.
0: When you went to plant your other church and you were part of that core team. Yeah. Um, you were already sensing a call to ministry.
1: Yes. I knew I had a, a, a call to ministry, but not necessarily. I remember the planting pastor saying, Oh, maybe you'll plant a church. And six months later, I was like, yeah.
0: I know. Once you taste it, you're like, <laughs> yeah. Once you know, it's just,
1: it's like a flip <laughs> gets switched in your brain.
0: Yeah. It's just such a different animal, you know, it yeah. really is. Yeah. Uh, okay. I saw a picture on Facebook. Were you military?
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm an Air Force veteran. So that's how I actually met my husband. Um, I went to community college for a year or two, joined the Air Force. Um, we met in training, got married in training. And then I went into the reserves when our, our first child was born. But I've been out for a decade now. So he's oh, still wow. serving. But yeah, I've been out for a while now. It,
0: is he reserves or is he full?
1: No, he's still active duty. I so he's, he's well. in year 17 right now.
0: Ooh, so he's gonna, yeah. he's gonna do the whole thing and retire huh the well, whole thing <laughs> you might at seventeen years you might as well
1: <laughs> yeah right right it's, it's' it's interesting, it's weird having been in this long we're We're the old people now, so it's it's weird right.
0: you've got the military background did you grow up in the church?
1: No, no, I didn't. I went to Christian schools through fifth grade. So that's, that is where I was introduced to Jesus. I, I don't remember a time when I wasn't aware of Jesus. So I, I believed in Jesus from a very young age, but I would say it was when I was in high school. Um, I was invited to a youth group and it was funny. I'd spent my whole childhood praying and, you know, I believed in God. And then I went to youth group and I was like, oh, okay. So that's, right. that's when I say that I was entirely sanctified and I was, I was all in.
0: And so, so was that a Nazarene church? No, no. Yeah.
1: So I, yeah, that was in an Assemblies of God church. So my beginnings, my roots are in the Pentecostal tradition, uh, which I'm grateful for. It was, it was a good experience, but yeah, we ended up in the church of the Nazarene because uh, when I first felt a call to ministry, I was like, well, who ordains women? (laughs) And uh, I researched and researched and researched and my husband, it was so funny. My husband was raised in the church and he very casually says, I think the church I was raised in ordains women and it was the church of the Nazarene. (laughs) So uh, I I mean, I'd almost given up. I was researching seminaries and it was just, you know, you know, as a woman in ministry, it can be hard. It's, it's not just about finding a tradition that ordains women, but also finding a tradition that really speaks to your heart about the way they express, you know, their faith. So anyways, that's how we found the, well, we didn't, I found the church of the Nazarene on that day, but my husband, i <laughs> long familiar with it, but, uh, but I love, I love the church of the Nazarene. So I'm, I'm
0: happy yeah. to call it my church home. Well, we didn't grow up either. My family's Catholic. And so, although I did come to faith in the Catholic church, but it was kind of a weird thing. It was like, my mm. husband's older brother and his wife had come to faith in Christ in the Methodist Church, and and they had started sharing with us. And so, then once, then one Sunday, I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to mass because, like, that's all I knew." Yeah, yeah. Like, gave my life to Christ there. Yeah. So, but it was four years later when we stumbled into the Church of the Nazarene, and it. Yeah, right. Which
1: really speaks to, um, you know, the still low visibility. I would say of women, it depends, you know, it's different from district to district. And I, I'd like to believe from my vantage point, it it seems like it's improving, but I know that I've heard other people say the same thing, Joanne, like, oh, I didn't know. It's like, we've always ordained women.
0: (laughs) Well, I use the excuse of, I didn't grow up in the church. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, But I have a friend who's like, she's like, I grew up going to Sunday school, Sunday night, Sunday night, Sunday morning. And she's like, and I didn't know. (laughs) <laughs> yes, right, oh so, right, yeah, yeah. well, then, and that's
1: interesting, isn't it, as women you know sensing a call to ministry, I can go all the way back to those early days in you know the Pentecostal church I was in, and I can totally see that i I could feel that that tugging, but when you're not used to seeing women in ministry or if you're not familiar with the church, it's you kind of miss the boat the first
0: time, right, <laughs> you don't realize, oh. That's what that is. Right. You're like, what, yeah. what is this thing I'm sensing? Yeah. Yes. I remember uh I, I was having that sense early on. And of course I was in the Catholic church and then we started attending the Nazarene Church and I got really involved in lay ministry. And so a lot of that was kind of fulfilled. I'm like I'm like, Oh, this is what this is the thing I was feeling. And then a couple of years went by and I'm like, Nope. That's yeah. not what I am this it's something else. It's something yes. different. And I yeah. couldn't I couldn't put language to it
1: yeah that's a good way that's a good way to describe it I mean you know all of our calling stories I most people I've talked with you know their calling stories are not straightforward some of them they are but you know mine was winding in its own ways as well and um, something I appreciate about the church of the Nazarene again just in my limited experience um, you know on our district there's a lot of encouragement that this is a process it's a discernment process Um, and you're surrounded by people who are praying with you and all of that. So it's, I mean, it's nerve wracking <laughs> a lot of the times. And if you're like me and I'm a person who wants to have everything figured out, right. with extreme clarity from the get-go, which is hilarious considering what we're called to do. Right. As church planners. Um, <laughs> there's yeah. There's no rhyme or reason. None of them look the same. No, yeah. Oh my gosh, no. I mean, and you know, if anything, <laughs> if there was any doubt, you know, ha- trying to plant a church in the middle of a pandemic is like, I don't even know anymore. I'm I'm just trusting God right now.
0: <laughs> you just keep throwing mud on the wall and eventually something sticks. And- yes.
1: Oh my goodness. Joanne, you're my people. I say that to my husband <laughs> all the time. We're just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Yep. It was funny. I was talking with someone else early on in the pandemic and they were like, what's it like planning a church, you know, in the middle of a pandemic? And I said, you know, it's kind of weird. I, I actually feel a little comforted because I feel like everyone else has joined me in the thought space I always occupy, right. which is trying to like, you know, you're kind of trying to catch the sense of what the Holy Spirit's doing right now. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that inclination to not get too comfortable, I think is such a pivotal part of, of doing something like this. Oh yeah. But we should all be doing it. <laughs> we should be. We should yes. be. Yes.
0: It's human nature for us to get comfortable and right. place And I mean, even I sit in the same spot. Every Sunday.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, you know? right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. We're we're creatures of habit. It's it's startling how inclined we can be to just kind of root in and
0: get comfortable. Yeah. We started when we started gathering again in June. Because we our sanctuary is so small, so we are not singing. My teaching pastor, she create she's creating the order of service now. And she so she just keeps rotating. So she's like, so that everybody gets a chance to do something. Right, right. Um, so she rotates it. So every Sunday I'm like, if I'm not preaching, oh, what am I doing today?
1: Yeah, right, right.
0: <laughs> so you kind of get up and you're like, well, this is different. You yeah, know.
1: that's awesome. I Keeping love that you front. have a teaching team. That's that's the yeah. dream. <laughs> right? Yeah, but I love that diversity of voices um and presences in the pulpit, which you know that's really us working, working to put in front
0: of our congregation where we didn't maybe didn't have. Yeah. Right, cool. right. Yeah, I've, and I thought that especially through this this summer and this season, this each person would get up and preach, and I would think, "Wow, i would going to come at that a completely different way. Like I would yes. approach that passage a completely different way." And not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that oh, you, they need to hear these different angles. They need to yeah. hear people coming at scripture completely different ways. Mm, um, yeah, rather than thinking, "Nope, it's just this one way. This is the only way." Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, there's that is a diamond, you know, and every time yeah. we turn it, we see something different. And... Yeah.
1: Oh, amen. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, that's funny. We have, um I'm rotating with some pastors this month. And I had the same moment, I was sitting there listening to my friend preach on Sunday. And I was like, huh, that is not at all how I would have gone, you know, so right. it is funny how God, um, like you said, how God reveals different things, even just with ourselves, when we return to passages over and over but even just the way that god speaks through different voices and perspectives it's it's awesome
0: yeah that's yeah i saw that you were doing that and i thought that was really that's innovative and fascinating so just talk about that this idea of you guys going right, to right places
1: so the, the um the churches the three other churches that are doing it with hope rising uh this year they actually started doing it last year so um, the church that I was on staff with, you know, was a part of it in its first rotation last year. And it was just really fun. You know, the, the three lead pastors are all friends here on the district. And they were like, hey, let's all switch up pulpits, you know, and, and we'll travel around and speak at each other's churches. And then actually the way they did it last year, which we won't be able to do for obvious reasons this year was um, they at the end of the series, all three congregations were invited to a huge bonfire
0: Oh, so fun.
1: yeah, it was, it was so, so fun. Um, and we are geographically close enough that, you know, people know each other, but they don't get to see each other as often. So it was, it was fun. It was really cool to kind of tie it all together. Um, so again, because of COVID, we're not able to do that. But when I was sent out to plant this church, they were like, Hey, do you want to be the fourth church in this rotation? And the, the really cool thing for us is that all, so obviously our sending church is one of them but the other two churches were also uh, supporting churches for our church plan. So altogether there were about 10 churches that all supported us in some way. So it's been kind of a dual thing that not only can I rotate with these friends of mine, these colleagues, you know, and introduce my congregation to different voices. But I also get to introduce these visiting pastors and say, you know, you can carry back this, this interaction you're having, this worship gathering back to your congregations and share with them like you were part of this new thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things happening. But um, yeah, this year we're in, the series is called letters to the church. So each of us pastors picked a different uh, Pauline epistle and our preaching from that uh, on our
0: Sunday. So Oh, that's, are you using Chan's book at all for that or no? I didn't We're know not. that came so out of so, there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's so funny. I didn't realize until after our planning meeting, like, that sounds really familiar, letters to the church. Right. Um, but I would definitely say there's kind of some similarities in the theme, you know, just kind of a state of the union sort of thing. Right. Uh, using the letters as a as a springboard so which seems it feels very fitting with where we're at um, as communities and as a nation right now especially
0: oh yeah. yeah I have not actually read that book I just have a lot of have had a lot of people recommend it so I've, yeah and I know, yeah it's
1: good it's 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 thought you know Chan I don't know how familiar you are Francis Chan but he's he has a way of talking about things and you it just gets gets under your skin you got to think about it
0: <laughs> I know. yeah yeah I'm like, okay, I'm not sure theologically I agree with it, but I really like the concept.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. At the at the very least, he'll get you thinking about it, um, and will challenge you to think critically. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting book.
0: Yeah, you know, I like his, I like his stuff. So, how are you guys doing with um, the the racial tensions there? Is that affecting where you're at um, in your community? like every community is different. I mean, obviously we're right outside of Detroit. So right. Right. um, you know, we've seen quite a bit of it.
1: So Annapolis is the state capital and it's very racially diverse. So I would say absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, that, that it has been at the forefront of consciousness here in our community for sure. And, um, and just the people, the congregation that God has built up at Hope Rising is very, very diverse which more diverse than any congregation I've been a part of. So that's been interesting. You know, what I've said to people is I, I don't believe, I believe as pastors, we should be speaking into these things with wisdom and discernment. But I, I have, you know, I have black people in my congregation. I have Latino people and I have white people. I have, everyone's there. So I, I can't avoid it. Like if I did, it would be very obvious, I think, to my congregation. Um, as far as like our, our city here, you know, there have been multiple protests. Um, we have, um, I don't know if you've seen it online, but there's a very large mural that's been painted um, on the ground, but it's for Breonna Taylor. So, you know, there's a lot of conversation and dialogue going on um, on multiple levels here in Annapolis. Personally, you know, I'm just really trying to encourage my congregation, you know, time is passing. It's easy to, okay, I said what I said. I made a post, you know, um, that this is an ongoing dialogue. This is an ongoing process. Um, And we owe it, especially to our brothers and sisters of color To This is a walk that
0: we've committed to alongside them. Well, and I think that there's something happens too, when you all eat together that changes some of the dynamics. Yeah, definitely there's just something about it it's so it's
1: so simple and you know this right it's so so simple but like and that is something it's just it fills my heart with awe we've been going long enough for me to see each sunday just people settling in people becoming more comfortable with each other i mean it's it's so simple just share your sharing your life sharing a meal but you know it's exactly what jesus did uh and there's something there's something sacred that happens
0: it really is um there's something about it that allows people to become more vulnerable and share stuff. Yeah. Right, Yeah, right. We are, I mean, we're only doing ours once a month right now just because of, we just happen to be in a county that has, our county is the highest, has the highest number of cases and deaths out of all the counties in the state of oh, Michigan. Man. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah. We've had like 35,000 cases. The next county has 20,000. So like that's 15,000 difference between our county and any other county in the, and then we have counties that have like five cases. Yeah. Right. Right. um, So yeah. So we've had to be extra cautious um, with our, so we're doing about once a month, but I've just been amazed at uh, the people who come from, because we're in a neighborhood who a lot of them walk here. Yeah. And just the level of conversation, the depth of people sitting down and sharing, um, you know, what they're going through right now, uh, either in their jobs or their family or whatever. And I'm just amazed at how they just, because we're sitting around this table, yeah. they're willing to be vulnerable and let you pray with them where, yeah, they never do that. They never, you know, if you even got them to walk through your doors on a Sunday morning, yeah, phone, uh, letting you pray with them, you know, right. But then something we've just become, you become human, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: that's a good way. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, have, I don't know if you've heard of the book. Um, oh, gosh, I'm going to brain fart on the title. <laughs> it's by Kendall Vanderslice is the name. Oh, of yeah, it. yeah. I had yeah. her on my podcast. Yeah oh oh my gosh I have to look it up. I just love that book. We Will yeah. Feast I think is the name of the book. Yeah, We Will um, Feast. Yes, and I loved it cuz she's got such a beautiful way and it's so um holistic and it makes you hungry just reading the book.
0: <laughs> cuz yeah, I just know, right?
1: Into that that humanity that you're talking about. Yeah. But I love it. You, what you said made me think of that um you know, she said, you know, we at the end of the day, we all have to eat. This is something god wired into every single human being on the planet. Right. Uh, so it's you know the the dinner table which i would like to believe is true about the communion table as well and we really seek to knit those two together when people are here um you know it's the great equalizer is that is at the table and like you said i think that having done that it uh it invites people to be vulnerable
0: it does because there's something about you know like on sunday morning you're up there you're on a platform you know sometimes literally and on yeah. a platform and it almost. there becomes this distancing between you and the person up front almost you know is sub or superhuman you know even though we're just we're not right 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 we need this we need the spirit and the grace of god like everybody else but when you're sitting around that table you're like hey they eat just like we do yeah right watch me try
1: to eat this (laughs) pasta neatly without getting it all over myself right (laughs) right
0: Don't wear white when you're having spaghetti. Yeah. Right. So uh, what are your plans for the rest of this 2020? (laughs) Just keep, keep throwing things at the wall. No. So uh,
1: you know, I mentioned the kids, we just have more kids every week. So that's been something we've had to pivot to. It wasn't something we necessarily expected. So we're actually in the process of Preparing another space in the house that can be a, because as we can anticipate winter and not being able to be outside, we're like okay with COVID, you know, trying to figure out social distancing while we're in this space. So we're creating a, kind of moving things around and creating a spot just for the kids. And um, we are considering as well uh, starting another gathering option, just again to keep people spaced out as possible and give them some options. And and then like what you said, Joanne, we're we're really passionate too about joining in what God's already doing. You know, we don't, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's so much that's already happening. Um, and especially as a smaller, uh, gathering of followers, you know, being able to take the resources we do have and throw those behind other things that are already in place. Um, you know, we're not trying to carve out a
0: place for ourselves. We're just trying to be faithful presence. Well, you know, I, I, again, I, I'm just, being a church planner, there is no, there's, there's no hard cookie cutter stamp for each thing, you know, it's going to look different and yours looks different than the one you helped plant, you know, right. Right. So mine definitely looks different than, uh, you know, my mentor who planted 20 years ago. So everybody's looks uh, a little bit different and, and even the dinner churches as I'm watching them, uh, like I did go out to Seattle and saw, uh, the Verlin Foster and his, cause they've got like 12 dinner churches mm. and we we went to a couple of different ones and e, and even theirs that's, mm. you know, it's, they're all under the same umbrella. Right. All 12 of them are, are a little bit different. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's fun to see, uh, but you know, just has that same, that concept of, Hey, we just want to introduce people to Jesus.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Well, it's great. There's a, a a wonderful, beautiful symmetry between a dinner church and like just the way you would go to someone else's house for dinner. You know, family dinner. At everyone's house looks a little different, but there are commonalities, right. um, especially in the best of cases. So, uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, I love you mentioning visiting these churches because I love doing that. So, yeah. <laughs> just geek out. I'm like, ooh. So, and, and I'm very passionate about that, telling people, you know, I almost feel like church planters sounds kind of rigid. I think people can think of a cookie cutter idea. Right. Um, and I try to tell people like, what I'm most passionate about is just joining God and how God's growing the church in every time and place. And as you said, that's different. It, it can be different, wildly different, just a few blocks between congregations. And that's great.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We just launched our second dinner church out of here and that's to- looks totally different in somebody's backyard
1: yes right you know right, right.
0: around a bonfire well isn't it neat that i mean really
1: approaching being the church this way opens up this this invitation to a line of thinking of what do we have at our disposal that we can use to welcome people in the name of jesus right um, and that can take place in a small apartment, it can take place in a large front yard of a church, you know, a backyard with a bonfire, it's, the, the possibilities are limitless, you know, and I've seen other dinner churches, you know, popping up in the middle of a park somewhere, and I, I just love that, like, and it really speaks to, we say this all the time at Hope Rising, I've probably annoyed my people, and they haven't even been my flock for very long, but we always say church is not a place, it's not an, an event, it's not a time slot, it's you, it's the people, so, right um, the iterations of that are just so, so diverse.
0: It is. Yes. Everywhere we go, everywhere we set our foot is holy. Yeah. Because yeah. because we're taking the spirit with us. I think it's Blackaby, Henry Blackaby, who says, rather than trying to come up with something radical, just look around and see what God's already doing and be like, yeah. Hey, can we join you? <laughs> you right. Know? Right. And he is already at work in so mm. many ways. And, um, just need to ask the spirit to open our eyes, to see it. Right.
1: It's deep in my faith. I'm sure you can attest to the same thing to, to even just that that's a small little twist of an approach, a way of looking at it in the church planting world, you know, as opposed to what do I need to do for God in contrast to what's God doing that I can join in. But when you lean in that direction instead it's just, it's just stunning. It'll take the breath out of my lungs. I'm speechless because I'm aware, like God really is at work in every corner, every life that I'm encountering. Um, And I love that. It takes the pressure off me and it just reminds me of how big God
0: is. Right. We can't lose sight of his provenient grace. Mm. It's already working even before we show up. His grace is working. Right. (laughs) It's not a surprise to God that our paths crossed. Oh, I was going to ask you about. I talked to you a little bit about your call. Now, did you already get ordained? Did you get ordained in your district? <laughs> well, I was supposed to be ordained at our district assembly in the spring, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but actually, that's going to be happening in a few weeks. It'll be very limited uh, in who will be present. But yeah, I I had assumed that I would just have to wait till next year. But yeah, it'll be it'll be in November.
0: Yeah, we had that we because we ours is April. Yep. And yeah. So- same. And our numbers were just crazy out of control in April. So there was no way they were even going to try to do... We get to tell our grandkids, right? Yeah, right, right. (laughs) About our story. Well, I'm glad that you'll get to be ordained in 2020. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. I'm (laughs) excited about it too. (laughs) Uh, Who's your GS right now? Carla Sundberg. I know,
1: I know. I'm so so excited. I was ordained by Nina
0: Gunter. So oh
1: my goodness. Oh, so fun. So, you know, you know exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny. Um, our district secretary pulled me aside last year when I was anticipating applying and he said, just so you know, the GS who will be uh, over our jurisdiction is Carla Sundberg right <laughs> please lord let it be so. <laughs> so yeah that's that's a gift that is very cool as a woman to be able to yeah. have a, a female gs uh, do it
0: so yeah it was pretty cool yeah and you know dr gunter was we only had her for four years because yeah, yeah i forget what it is you know in the manual oh, okay. somewhere it says you got to be under this age oh okay dead. i didn't know that okay. yeah and so she whatever. She turned, had a birthday and crossed that line before the next assembly. So she only got her four years. So, yeah.
1: But, well, she definitely has had a huge impact. So yeah. as a, as a new Nazarene, I, you know, Nina Gunter. Right. <laughs> so. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: really cool. I know I was a new Nazarene too. I'm like, I don't even know it i know nothing about the nazarenes but i know about nina gunter <laughs> yes
1: right right well it is funny you know as a woman new to the church new to ministry it's funny you know you do your googling and yeah nina gunter will pop up right away for the church of the nazarene for obvious
0: reasons well we'll have we'll have dr Sumberg for a long time or for quite a while so yes <laughs> it'll be nice to have lots of women getting ordained by her so but how cool yeah. Yeah. Is thanks. that, that you get to have that? And so when is it? Uh, November, November 7th, I think.
1: Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> November. Yeah. I should
1: probably check that, you know, wouldn't want to miss it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny, you know, they originally, when they contacted all of us, uh, Ordnans, they said, you know, you'll be limited to four people for your family. Went, oh no, I have five children. <laughs> so they're like, no, no. It's you can bring all your children. That's fine. <laughs> it's like, thank
0: you. Yeah. Oh, you have five now. Are they all single births? Or you have do you have twins? Yeah, they're all there? single
1: births. Okay. Nope, no no multiples Woo-hoo. in there. It was a it was a blur for about eight years. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's their age gap?
1: Well, it's actually about the same between each of them. There's about twenty one to twenty three months in between. But my oldest is fourteen, and then they're twelve. We'll see if I can get these all right, uh, but they're 14, 12, 11, nine, and seven. Wow. Yeah.
0: And you look so young, <laughs> you still look young.
1: I'm youngish, I started <laughs> young, so we'll, we'll say that.
0: Oh man, yeah. Uh, I just have two, so. Yeah, it's okay. They were- How old are yours? Oh, mine are 25 and 21. <laughs> Oh wow! You don't look old enough to have children that old either.
1: So there we go. We both too. look young.
0: I started young too. <laughs> yeah, so I had secondary infertility with, with my daughter. So there's almost five years. just four and a half years between the two of them. Okay. So after she was born, I'm like, I, I think we're done. That that was, that was exhausting. You know. Yeah. They're both living in with us right now. So, COVID is. My son was desperately trying to get out of the house, and then COVID hit, and so he's but we have a finished basement so he has his own yeah base down there so it's not like he's
1: funny seriously it just makes me laugh so hard because I have two of my five are very very pleased with isolating from the world right now right yes
0: yeah we're actually a household of introverts so we've done pretty well yeah yeah (laughs) Although for a while, my husband wasn't working. I'm like, I'm going over to the church building. I am going to my office so I can be alone.
1: Yeah, right, right. Yeah, we're a pretty even split over here.
0: Now, did you get to name
1: it Hope Rising? I did, yes.
0: I love that. Yeah. Love that. Well,
1: it is funny. There's actually a uh, Habitat for Humanity neighborhood. I'm not joking you, like two blocks away. That is called Hope Rising. And I promise I did not see it before I decided on the name. And I have grand plans of reaching out to them with really dorky lines like, we're twins, wanna come right? worship with us? But yeah, no, I, I was driving down the highway and I thought, oh, Hope Rising's nice. So who knows, maybe that came deep out of my subconscious after seeing their signs, but <laughs> I received permission from them uh, to use it as well. But yeah, I really love it and it, it feels fitting.
0: Oh, well, it's been fun fangirling over our general superintendents also. So Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no it's been you know <laughs> to do that
1: very much yeah yeah and honestly it's just been a real blessing i don't get to talk to other women church planners very often all right any words of wisdom yeah i i think i would just encourage people as you said joanne you know that god's prevenient grace is it's so much bigger than than we can possibly imagine and um to just encourage people to keep their ears to the ground, you know, keep keep searching out, have a, have a curiosity about you because God never, ever lets us down in reaching back when we're just kind of, where are you? It's like, I'm right here. I'm right here. So it's, it's scary. There's so much uncertainty, um, especially in our world today. But uh, God stuns me every single week uh, with the
0: way that God provides and assures me of divine presence in the world today. So- God doesn't waste. That's kind of been my thing. I know, it's been my mantra for the, today, I guess. God doesn't waste anything. Mm, yeah. But, um, mm. Somebody's going to hear this episode and they're going to be like, oh man, that's exactly what yeah. i need to hear today. I love that. So, I stand in agreement with you. God does yeah. not waste anything. Yeah. So, Lene, your, your story matters. Yeah. <laughs> Yours too, Joanne. Thank <laughs> you. All right. Well, you have a great day today.
1: Yeah. You too. It's a joy to talk to you. Yeah. We're friends now. I'm excited. And we're friends on Facebook too. Yeah, I know. This is legit. <laughs>